Hey friends, this is your friendly spoiler alert. If you are still in season one, please stop now or forever hold your tweets. I'm trying to untangle the jingle from the jangle. It's easy if you listen with your heart. Sing it Hey gang, welcome to The Real Housewives of Riverdale, the podcast where grown-ass adults take sexy teen murder mysteries just as seriously as you do. I'm your host, Cherie, and I'm super late this week. I know, I know. So the whole deal is I ordered a new microphone last week, and it came in in time to record, but Amazon sent me the wrong adapter thingy, because you know I have to like do this whole thing on an app on my iPhone, because I don't have like the real internet, because everything sucks where I live. But it was just, it was a whole thing until the real correct like adapter thingy delivered yesterday. So I didn't want to do like one more on the lapel mic if like if I could help it. So I chose to just wait. And I, I mean, I hope all four of you are okay with that. I'm sure it'll be fine. But anyway, yeah, that's right. Yeah, girl updated from the lapel mic. I know. It's almost like I almost know what I'm doing. Anyway, I'm also flying solo today because I actually have the chance to have my house all to myself, and I kind of want to keep it that way just for like 24 hours, you know, until my dearest husband that I love so much and my darling little girl that is my whole heart come back and they come home and it's all camping and fishing this and don't make stuff instead and, you know, mama just needs a reset sometimes and I tried to, like, invite some people over to talk about Riverdale, but, like, I didn't try really hard. <laughs> I didn't try to convince anybody super hard because it's nice to be the only one here sometimes. It's really rare. Like, most nights I get to, like, hang out by myself after my kid goes to sleep because my husband works nights, but I still have to be super quiet and tiptoe around like a mouse and I'm usually working anyway so it's just kind of cool to hang out and like do absolutely nothing productive (laughs) and it's just me and I can be as loud as I want I've been watching Buffy like with the volume turned up all the way today because I don't have to worry about anybody getting scared or spooked or think it's stupid so well except for me but (laughs) it's been real fun anyway today we're recapping Riverdale season 2 episode 6 Chapter 29, Primary Colors, which obviously refers to the 1998 political thriller starring John Travolta, Emma Thompson, and Kathy Bates. Surprisingly, I haven't seen it. Like, I know that it's based on the Clinton administration, like some guy who was part of the Clinton campaign in 92, I think, wrote some is an anonymous person he wrote like an expose and then they turn it into this movie but I I can't believe I haven't seen this because like I'm a big old dem <laughs> and like I'm super super little miss democratic party so you know we worship at the altar of Clinton most of us but also John Travolta was my favorite actor for a really long time until he had the odd to mispronounce Idina Menzel's name at the Oscars. And and then I had to break up with him. I mean, you guys, I put up with so much creepy bullshit from him over the years. Like, 
you might go so far as to say that I was hopelessly devoted to him. He was, he was even the secret answer to one of my accounts. Not anymore, you hackers. But when I had to give it to the customer service person on the phone, she laughed at me. She was like, so, okay, the security question wants to know what's your favorite actor? And I said, um, John Travolta. She was like, <laughs> no, really. And I was like, no, really, bitch. <laughs> it's John Travolta. Just put it in. Clearly, she was not familiar with the cinematic masterpiece that was Look Who's Talking or Look Who's Talking To, plebe. But anyway, fuck with my literal hero, Idina, and and then give her like the creepiest fucking hug the next year at the Oscars. Sorry, Johnny, we're done. The magic that we had when I was six and saw Greece for the first time and like my soul came alive and was like, musical theater, this is what I want to do with my life. And don't, but <laughs> it's over. Over. Okay. Okay. Deep breaths. Let's talk about Riverdale. <laughs> this has been like the longest intro ever. Okay, so our episode starts with Betty screaming at Chick while the Jughead narration goes on, but she is in his face because he doesn't have Blossom blood. And so eventually Hallis sits both the kid. Hallis, my goodness. I've, I'm also a few drinks in tonight because I'm by myself. I'm drinking some stuff called Frizzecco. And it's exactly what you think it is. It's the most white trash, basic bitch, fizzy wine in the world. But it's muy delicioso. And it was easy to open all by myself. So that's key. Anyway, Alice finally tells the truth that Hal isn't Chick's father. But she indeed is his mother. And she's not going to come out and say that FP is his father right here now because the episode just started and we all know that's not how TV works. So Alice brings Chicken for a hug and all of this dramatic trauma and holy shit, we get the creepiest chick face yet. Like, we've got some real gems in the past, but this one, holy moly, I got literal chills, like... (laughs) I'm I'm so used to this creep being a creep. And even I was like, damn, that is not a face a human being makes. That was not right. Yeesh, what a creep. Okay, so at the Pembroke, Hal, who I guess is still like running the register, just doesn't own it anymore, but he's still going to write all the articles, even though we've never seen him like do any reporting, whatever. He's interviewing Hermione, his boss, who owns the paper that he's writing for, for mayor. Oh, he's interviewing her about running for mayor. So, and and then for some reason, Kevin is here. And like, at first you're like, oh, hi, Kevin. Always happy to see you. But the fuck you doing here? (laughs) Like, I, I find it hard to believe that you and you and Veronica just like, hang out like you used to because shit's real awkward between everybody. But Hermione puts her shiniest spin on the prison situation, and Veronica gives her, like, little nod of approval, but even Hal, who is the actual worst, is like, dude, you're opening a prison on the bones of a school. Are you okay with that? Because that's kind of gross. 
a quarter of their earnings will from the prison will go straight into education because they're going to build a whole new wing onto Riverdale High. Why? <laughs> the classrooms are literally always empty because nobody goes to class at that school. Jughead has his own classroom to host serpent Tupperware parties or whatever. It's so stupid. Hal asks Veronica if she's going to run for the upcoming school president election. And she's like, blah, blah, blah. I'll probably be busy helping my mom's campaign. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. When Hal fucking announces to the rest of the living room, like this is the set of fucking Ricky Lake or something. Andy Cohen is here. What just happened? Like, am, am I running a fever? Am I having hallucinations? Is this like that one time I was listening to Love It or Leave It and Andy Cohen was the guest and he mentioned Riverdale and I was like, oh, Andy Cohen, who's kind of the worst person ever and is not as funny as he thinks he is or anybody else thinks he is for that matter, is a Riverdale fan. Cool. Well, all right, moving on. Apparently that seeped into my like brain and I'm just imagining that this is happening now. This is all just a weird dream that I'm having. Nope. It actually happened. What the fuck? He's here to endorse his good friend Hermione Lodge. Why does he have to be here in person? This is a newspaper article. Write a letter. <laughs> what? What? What world are we living in? Like Riverdale's not right. It's not a normal town. Nothing makes sense. But this is bananas, even for Riverdale. This is nuts. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I just can't even, like, I was so sure, like, this was the point that one of them would wake up and it would all just be a dream, but nope, this garbage actually happened. I'm not even sure what anybody else said for the rest of the scene, because I cannot be bothered to focus with, like, my astonished rage. And if you're a big Andy Cohen fan, and I feel like some of you are, because you probably landed here that because you're a Real Housewives fan and you saw the name of my podcast and I'm a secret, I've never actually watched like any of the Real Housewives shows. I just thought it was a really good name for a podcast about Riverdale run by like grown ass ladies. Sue me. But what I do know about Andy Cohen is that he greenlights all of his own shows because he runs Bravo and that's, that's unethical. And like, sure. Of course he does. Like, like anytime I bitch about it to my husband, he's like, well, I mean, yeah, wouldn't you? And I'm like, probably, but I'm not like a super ethical person either. Like, I mean, I am, I'm not a bad person, but I just, oh, it just irks me because like, if it was a really good show, if Watch What Happened Live was like super hilarious and like made me fall over laughing every time I watched it, then yeah, sure, I'd be cool with it. But it's not. And I have watched that. Even though I haven't watched Housewives, I have watched Watch What Happens, and it's like, it's fine. You know, kind of chuckly, but it's no John Oliver. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's apples to oranges, but like, that's a show that makes me laugh really hard. And if I found out that John Oliver ran HBO, I'd be like, yes, keep greenlighting your own show. That's perfect. But, nope. Anyway, cut to Luke Perry reading the newspaper. 
and Archie comes in and he's trying to defend the prison and Fred is all like, nope, I'm cutting all ties, bitch. A prison would rip the very heart of this town, this fucking town, especially the south side, Archie, so I'm out. And the best celebrity endorsement they could get is Andy fucking Cohen, so enough. Even though Veronica has been invited to Elton John's Oscar party before. Gross. <laughs> like, I'm obviously I'm on Fred's side, like you heard me last week, but this whole thing was gross. So, no more Sodale, no more business dealings. Fred Andrews out. In the cafeteria at school, which is a set we don't get very much, um, but Ethel's always in these scenes, so I guess she just lives in the cafeteria now after her dad. Um, you know, lost their house and everything because he did business with Hiram. But anyway, in the cafeteria at school, Jughead calls Veronica Olivia Pope, which was nice, and then low-key badgers her for just being a bad person. It was awesome. Archie and Betty stick up for her, even though (laughs) her face gives her way at every turn. Like, they're like, no, she didn't know about that, did you, V? And she's like, not me oh not not a good poker face on that one. Oh, and jughead is going on a hunger strike that might be an even bigger abomination than the andy cohen bullshit and even archie's like yeah right dude you're always eating that's who you are that's your character <laughs> like jughead can't go on a hunger strike if he stops eating he'll die <laughs> that's your whole essence <laughs> ethel Sweet Ethel, who is my new fucking hero, just walks over with a speech about how Veronica is the worst and then throws a strawberry milkshake in her face glee style. Oh my god. Best moment of this show. <laughs> it's not it's not the getting slushied. It's Josie and Kevin's reaction. Hand those to an Emmy. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Veronica cleans up in the bathroom. She's getting strawberry milkshake out of her hair while Betty keeps saying, Wow, you're really keeping things together, V. (laughs) As the girls walk out, Reggie is putting up posters for his bid for school president. And they're all like, they have that like Obama. I don't know. There's an artist name (laughs) for the style. But, you know, the Hope posters, that's what Reggie's posters look like. But, okay. First, I have a question. Why in the hell are they voting for school president halfway through the second semester of school? Like, is this all for next year? (laughs) Like, were all of the writers homeschooled and they just don't know how school works? It's so bizarre. Like, we have somewhat of a timeline because we have Christmases in the past and we know that's when we caught the Black Hood, so we know that's in the past. We know we're in the second semester of school. Jughead's told us that this is the same school year because in the fan fiction episode where they're all at the fuck cabin, he said that they, that Betty and Veronica kissed at the beginning of this school year. So what's happening? (laughs) What school is this? I don't understand. Anyway, Reggie does get a really good line of, I heard you got a face full of dairy. I got some nuts you can put on top. I love New Hot Reggie. He's my favorite kind of douche to watch on TV 
but like not have to actually interact with in real life. <laughs> like, if he was a real person, I'd hate him. But because he's just this stupid character, I love him. He's great. Then he asks her what the odds are that her dad will be the first inmate in that prison he's building. And she loses like all conscious thought and then punches his fucking lights out. It's great. Like, I'm super not on the logic side, but that was pretty great. And then we get we get title cards. Riverdale. Alright, so after the first commercial break, we go to Cheryl's bedroom at Thistle House where someone is trying to open her door in the middle of the night. It's super creepy. And, oh good gosh, that poor girl. The next morning, Cheryl confronts Penelope and Claudius about it. <laughs> and then Claudius who is definitely Clifford, if you ask me, probably poisons Nana with tea. It's Penelope's special blend. Yeah, it's gonna fucking kill you. Don't drink it. Don't don't eat or drink anything Penelope cooks or puts in front of you. Guys, like, we all know she's a supervillain. Just stop. Just <laughs> don't. Poor Nana. And she's crazy herself. She is like the root of all this evil, and I still feel bad for her, but anyway, at the lodge residence, Veronica tries to just, like, enjoy her fucking coffee in peace when her parents ask her if she's going to maintain her shit today. Do you think you can keep it together today? Can we not be punching boys or getting shit thrown at you? Please, Veronica. And she tells Hiram that Maybe if you'd offered Ethel's dad a job at the prison, none of the drama would have happened yesterday. And they're all, Hiram and Hermione are like, oh, I don't fucking think so. We're the mob boss parents. You're the child. You will keep your head in the sand before it gets cut off. Jesus Christ, Hermione, that's beyond fucked up. What? That's your child. Oh my God. And Veronica just smiles and agrees to be the nice, good girl daughter for them. OMG. I hope it's all a cover for something devious. Like, I feel like the only person who can take down a lodge is a lodge. And we need season one Veronica back. This, like, toe in the party line stuff is bullshit. Like, that is not Veronica's MO. It hasn't been. I don't understand. Okay, at the student lounge, she walks in and announces to her friends that she'll be running for student council president against Reggie the misogynist mantle. And Jughead is all of us when he says, you've got to be kidding me. And then much to his chagrin, Betty agrees to be Veronica's running mate because of course she does. Cut to some like serious serpent adjacent dance moves by one Miss Tony Topaz. It was beautiful. <laughs> I love her. I love everything about her. Tony could, like, kill a guy, and I'd be like, oh, great job, Tony. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not sure if this is a tryout or what, but, like, it's it's kind of weird because we haven't known her to be on the River Vixens ever, but if she wanted to be on it, she could just have Cheryl put her on it because they're going out now, so <laughs> it's kind of a weird weird thing. I don't know. Anyway, Cheryl dismisses all 84 River Vixens. <laughs> Seriously, where the hell did they find this many girls for the cheerleading squad? Like, I don't understand. 
there's so many girls in that gym. She says, inner circle vixens only. Stay back. You know who you are. (laughs) I sounded like Paris Hilton there. Oh my god. I need to probably drink less. Cheryl wants a slumber party with Tony, Josie, Betty, and Veronica. And I'm guessing she just thinks safety in numbers. But, like, why doesn't she just move out a la season one Jughead? Like, her family is literally trying to kill her. Like, way more than the abuse that FP was doing to Jughead. And not that I am excusing what he did to Jughead because that's not okay. And I agree with Jughead that he wasn't safe in that home. So he needed to get out. But, like, surely Cheryl can stay at Tony's or Josie's. I mean, probably not Betty and Veronica's because of all the, like, bad blood and whatever, but, like, get out of that house, girl! Damn! Hermione tries to talk Fred into staying on the project, and he's like, um, nah. I'm gonna stay up here on my moral high ground, thank you very much. You can fuck off now. Bye! Hiram wants Archie to tell him about Jughead's hunger strike. And he's like, it's a hunger strike. He's not gonna eat (laughs) what else is there to say Hiram wants Archie to send Jughead a message though and I can't decide if it's more fucked up that Archie agreed to do this or that he meets Jughead to do it at Pops where they're surrounded by cheeseburgers and milkshakes while homie is on a hunger strike what the fuck Archie like I know you're not always the smartest but damn that's cold not cool anyway Archie argues his point of thinking that the town needs a prison to put bad guys in because his dad was shot right here, Jughead. Right here. But, and he asks Jughead, why do you even care? You only went to Southside High for like four days. Okay, you're not wrong on that one, Archie. That is very true. We've all been saying that. Like, why are you so obsessed with Southside High when you, like, you didn't want to go there in the first place? Nobody understands why you weren't going there in the first place. And then you got to come back to your friends and girlfriend. And so far it's been fine. You know, they're flushing toilets at Riverdale High. Surely it's better. I don't know. Anyway, Jughead reminds his pal that he was raised on the south side with his mom, dad, and Jellybean. But again, how in the hell did he wind up at Riverdale High before his dad went to prison? Like, it doesn't make sense if Sunnyside Trailer Park is on the south side of town, and that's presumably where Jughead's permanent address is, then he would have always been zoned to go to Southside High. So how in the hell was he at Riverdale High, like, presumably all the years beforehand? It doesn't make sense to me. Will someone, like, answer this for me? Oh, it doesn't make sense. Just, like, give us some bullshit about how, like, FP's trailer was the one that made it over the gerrymander line for school zones. I mean, look, I get it. I lived in a house that was literally across the street from an elementary school and had to take a bus to another elementary school across town because our the way our town was designed was totally messed up. Like... Could have walked to one school, had to ride a bus to a different school. It made zero sense. But I still don't understand how Jughead wasn't zoned for the South Side when he's like Mr. South Side. 
Anyway, Archie says that he is sick about being on the opposite side of this argument as his dad. And like, I just, I just need like one hour to talk to this kid. Like, what is going on in that beautiful head of his? I just need to know. And Jughead says, well, yeah, I bet it's the same as you and your best friend being two trains on the same track going opposite directions, destined to collide. Whew, I'm interested to see how that'll shake out. That's a collision I want to see, if you know what I'm saying. I feel like you guys all know what I'm saying. I have like a weird thing <laughs> about Archie Jughead. Oh, my brain's messed up. Okay, so cut to a different kind of metaphorical train. The good old hairbrush train. I need another drink. Oh, I'm getting hoarse. Cheryl tells them the real reason for having him over is because she's afraid of her Uncle Claudius, who is as mad as the sea that washed him ashore. And she fears that she is in mortal peril. Gosh, the kids have the funniest lingo these days. Oh, Betty, of course, wants to make it about her because that's how she fucking rolls every time like nobody can have a problem that doesn't become hers and just oh betty know your audience i know you're trying to like i don't know ease the blow by saying that you're in the same boat and we're all in this together you're not alone something 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 but it's every time somebody has a problem you did it with Ethel when her parents were fighting. You did it with Chick when he said that he had scars. And, and now you're like, Cheryl's parents are actively trying to kill her. Like, they have said it out loud that they're going to take her down. Your brother is just creepy. Like, we don't know if he's going to kill you. <laughs> he hasn't said he's going to kill you. I mean, he kind of told Jughead, but you don't know that. So, uh, just stop, please. Anyway, cut to Cheryl and Tony laying in bed. And it's super cute. And Cheryl <laughs> says, <laughs> I, have, I have to admit something, T.T., I didn't want to invite all the girl, all the other girls. I just wanted to invite you. And they're just about to kiss when there's a terrible clatter. And all the girls run out to find that Nana Rose's wheelchair has been pushed down the stairs with her in it. Eeks! The paramedics tell Penelope and Claudius, who is definitely Clifford, that she's alive and she's a tough old bird. And they incredulously agree. <laughs> Claudius Clifford is like, yeah, no shit. The biggest abomination to Cheryl, though, through all of this, is that her uncle is wearing her dad's pajamas. And like, how did the pajamas not burn up in the fire? <laughs> do, do the writers ever remember that all of their shit went up in flames? Jesus, that was like the biggest part of this season one finale is that Cheryl torched Thornhill. That's why they're at this creepy ass flower house now. Because she burned their house down with all their shit in it. How does Claudius have Clifford's pajamas to wear? How? How? I don't understand. Oh, and then she tells Tony that she thinks she's next. <sighs> Jesus. Okay, so after commercial break, Archie opens his front door to find Molly Ringwald. Why does that never happen to me when I open my front door? 
oh. Anyway, so apparently Fred is hiring his ex-wife as his lawyer against the lodges. And as she's, like, going through paperwork, 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 he, she says, you should have called me before you gave the lodges 20% of Andrew's construction. I'm just saying. And Archie's like, Hiram will make everything right. I think he'll keep his word. And everyone in the whole world scoffs. The dude just got out of prison, Archie, for conning people. <laughs> you want to believe him and take him at his word? Sweet, precious baby. No, that's not how it's going to happen. <laughs> oh, God. Fred, Fred, you know, scoffs along with the rest of us. And he says that, look, son, we've known the lodges for a very long time. And Archie's like, and? He's <laughs> like, Oh, I don't fucking think so. Mom is home now, and you will not take that tone with your father. And Archie's like, whatever. I gotta go to school and help Ronnie with her campaign. And his parents are just confused as ever. It's so weird. Okay, so, man, this microphone's really picking up, like, the lightest clicking sound of this computer. Sorry, guys. So, at school, Veronica and Betty have set up a cupcake and kissing booth. That's a thing you're allowed to do in school. God. Reggie's annoyed, but Ethel is dubious about Veronica's sexualizing the campaign. Like, I love this scene for many reasons. For Ethel's whole point of view and how she confronts Veronica with her bullshit. And I love how Veronica looks in red. That sweater looks awesome on her they need to stop putting her in blacks and dark purples and plums and put more red on her she needs to take a note of cheryl's book she looked really good in that sweater anyway veronica promises to ethel that her dad will have a job offer soon and i just make the biggest jerk off motion with my hand because right so then we go to the servant classroom where that like chalk drawing is just always up there Jughead gives his Southside pals a history lesson, reminding them about the Yuktana tribe dying for their land, how yours and mine's parents fought to keep our land in the riots, which I'll need a flashback episode of ASAP. And he says, now it's our turn. Who's ready to go to war? Oh, honey. Cut to Archie having dinner with his mom at Pops, where she's super concerned about Archie aligning himself with Veronica's family when she's his first real girlfriend. Girl, that's what we all been saying. This fool is putting his life on the line for his high school girlfriend. My, like, one straight boyfriend in high school wouldn't even try to convince his parents that I was a good person even though I came from a broken home. No, seriously. That's why he broke up with me. His parents didn't, didn't like that I came from a divorced household. But, and, and he didn't protest because it didn't mean anything. We were fucking kids. It, I mean, so what, we were going to stop holding hands in the cafeteria? It's not like we had, you know, plans to move off and get married. I mean, we were 16. It, it meant nothing. And that, as it should be, because it was high school. Archie says that Veronica is an amazing person. And she's like, yeah, so is your dad, though. And in the scene, like, man, 
Does it look like KJ is wearing some like serious sunless tanning lotion on his face? Like, or is it just me? I mean, I'm sure it's just like really shitty lighting and the wrap pops. So you've got like the neon lights like glowing on his face and stuff. But yeesh, it's like orange as fuck. <laughs> it looks real bad. Anyway, Betty comes home to find Kevin hanging out with Chick and being all cutesy and eating milk and cookies. And she is not okay with it. Betty tries to be like, oh, how did you guys meet? And Chick's like, oh, funny you should mention it. You got Kevin a catfish meat. Duh. <laughs> Betty is pissed. And she kicks Kevin out. He's like, seriously, Betty? You're kicking me out? She's like, yeah. Get out, Kevin. <laughs> and she tells Chick, look, don't mess with my friends. Don't use them for whatever messed up void you're trying to fill. And he tries to remind her that we're really similar, Betty. We share a darkness, remember? It's what makes me crazy. And she's like, Oh, honey, baby, you haven't seen darkness yet. Just you fucking wait. It was one of Betty's cooler scenes. I was super proud of and super scared for her. <laughs> but it was it was real good. I liked it. At River Vixen practice. Veronica tries to make amends with Josie using Andy Cohen. Good fucking God. I need to go throw up. But ugh. okay, in a very... We're just going to move on. I <laughs> just have no more words to say. So in a very dimly lit Pembroke living room, like it's real dark up in here. I don't know if they're like trying to prevent Mary from like reading the legal papers <laughs> or what, but she's legally owning the lodges and whatever. When Hiram gets a call about the South Side serpents having chained themselves to South Side High and at this, so he like calls Archie and whatever, and it's, stupid but how is Jughead even functioning without food at this point because it's been a couple days I think it's been at least one day poor boy hasn't eaten anything mm, sweet boy he needs a cheeseburger anyway Hiram has called Archie over there and when he shows up on his bike Jughead calls him the cavalry and I giggled a little it's pretty funny <laughs> and he says, go and tell your boss that nothing's being bulldozed unless Hiram Lodge wants the blood of eight young serpents on his hands. And I'm sure Hiram Lodge would not give a flying fuck, Chughead. He's a monster. He killed, or he had Andre kill a kid in the woods a couple of weeks ago. He's not going to mind running a bulldozer over you, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, Betty, <laughs> it's the middle of the night now. Betty holds a lighter in Chick's face while he's sleeping. Because I guess this is her quote-unquote darkness. Like, making things brighter. <laughs> like She really does go full cray-cray. And when, when he wakes up with fire in his face, <laughs> she says, I'll bring you down. Because you know what I do with bad men? I catch them. I caught Clifford Blossom. I caught the Sugar Man. I caught the Black Hood. No, you didn't. Just saying. And you know what they all have in common? They're dead. Consider yourself warned. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> go, crazy Betty. Go, go, go. I loved it. <laughs> so at, at the Southside High protest, which is definitely not the same set from earlier this season. <laughs> just saying. Betty is visiting Jughead with coffee. And she's worried that he'll get in trouble for not having like the proper paperwork for a protest. 
Oh, and like, you know, the threat of violence and stuff. And he tells her not to worry because the grown-up serpents are waiting nearby and no one is going to mess with them. Except like most of them are on parole, including your dad. So if he gets in a fight, I feel like... I feel like Hiram could threaten violence and FP would have to back down because he doesn't want to go back to jail. <sighs> she goes to school for, you know, her student council obligations, but she tells him that she'll be back later that night and she doesn't come back later that night. And he says, go get him, Tracy Flick. And I loved it. Great reference to election. One of the better 90s movies, in my opinion. Reese Witherspoon at her craziest and finest. I loved it. That was a really good movie. Okay, so Josie gives her endorsement for Veronica and Betty so that Kevin can, like, unabashedly promote his Instagram account. And again, while, like, I'm a super big fan of the actual account and I get all giggly and fangirly whenever I get a response from that account, this breaking of the fourth wall to promote it makes my head spin. This is not good TV. We haven't been picked up for a third season, guys. Stop doing this bullshit. <laughs> Make it good, compelling television instead of trying to promote yet another brand. God. Anyway, Josie, Veronica, and Archie all sing a cover of Esra Mohawk's Suffer Until Suffrage as Ethel comes in and she starts handing out flyers to everyone that appear to be copies of Veronica's page and the burn book from Mean Girls. But, okay, so you hear what the notes on it say. It says, quote, she knew they were turning Southside into a prison and Veronica Lodge is a shareholder in her parents' business and will be profiting personally from it. Who wrote that? And her dad bought Pop Steiner, The Register, and Southside Trailer Park. Because, like, what? That's what high school kids care about? I don't think so. Um, and there's another one that says, Veronica knew Southside was closing and she is best friends with sexual assaulter Nick St. Clair and... All, like, interspersed with these little lines are little things like fake and liar and princess and backstabber. Damn, whoever did this does not fuck around. (laughs) Betty reads it and then storms out and everything stops. The music stops and oh shit, Josie was behind it. This is from Josie's burn book. She really would know all those things because her mom was in business with with Veronica's parents. And that's awesome. Nice. Like, we should all be nice to each other and we shouldn't write mean things about each other and burn books and then pass it around to to the whole student body. But uh, I like it on TV. (laughs) It's good. It was good. I was proud of Josie's dubiousness. So Betty and Veronica have it out in the ladies' room because... Betty can't trust Veronica after all the lies. And yeah, good for you, Betty. Like, you put up with a lot of bullshit from her. You should (laughs) be like, look, we've made it through a lot, but (laughs) you're, you're actively trying to kill our town. This town that I've grown up my whole life in and you've been here for, you know, what, six months? It's not okay. It really isn't good for good for Betty. So then Betty goes home, and as soon as she walks in, she catches shit from her mom. And she just she just opens up and tells her how hard it is to be the daughter of criminals. And I guess Hermione gets a whiff of conscious because she almost looks like she feels guilty. Hmm. Next up to catch shit from her mom is Betty. 
so she gets home and Chick has told Alice about the lighter thing and has given has given Alice the infamous god awful black wig. And Betty is like, "Oh my god, you creep, you went through my things." And he says he was looking for the lighter for proof. And then he found he says he found all of her little toys and ew 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 gross. And Alice is like, "Why do you even have this cabaret wig?" And Chick says, she wears it when she has sex with Junkhead. And Betty is like, what the fuck, man? How do you even know that? He says that he was just guessing. But, you know, really, for realsies, it wouldn't surprise me if he had somehow spied on her while they were at the fuck cabin. I'm just saying. Alice is just heartbroken to learn that Betty and Jughead are having sex, though. And she just walks out. <laughs> Oh, awkward. Oh, my God. <laughs> we go back to Southside High, where Jughead's the only one left. All the other serpent kids have left him high and dry. And FP shows up with a dozen burgers to feed the other kids. But now that it's only Jughead, they're all yours, boy. And <laughs> Jughead acts like he's not going to eat all of those burgers. But, of course, he does. Because he's Jughead. <laughs> So he's like, I'm not going to tell anybody. Just eat something before you pass out. So then FP tells him that Hiram called and he offered them a penthouse at the Sodale project. And they're really big. And that means that mom and Jellybean could come home and, you know, we'd have all this space and we could be a family again. And Jughead is like, Dad, the view would suck. I don't look out my window and see a prison. And I don't want my sister to grow up in a town with a prison. And does, like, I feel like Toledo probably has some jails or something. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, um, FB is like, yeah, that's why I hung up on Hiram and got some burgers. So it was a pretty sweet father and son moment between the Jones men. Like, they hugged and it was it was pretty nice. At the Andrews dinner table, Mary is sad that she didn't get to see Jughead during this visit. And Archie says, well, Jughead's a lunatic for being chained to Southside High. And Fred defends Jughead's right to fight for principles like, yeah, we, <laughs> we live in a country where you can peacefully protest. That's like a whole thing. Archie, Miss All Mr. All-American Boy. <sighs> But Archie spouts off about how some people just can't see Mr. Lodge's vision. And Mary becomes the voice of the audience and the voice of God, as far as I'm concerned. And she's like, oh, I will be damned if I'm going to sit here and listen to you disrespect your father, who is an actual good man. It was awesome. I didn't write down all of her speech, but it was amazing. Her monologue was great. OMG, mom goals. <laughs> that's a weird thing to hope for but when my kid is a teenager and pulls some shit like this I mean I doubt she'll be like working for a mobster <laughs> and trying to help him <laughs> put a prison for profit in our hometown but you know when she does whatever shit that whenever she rebels I hope to have Mary Andrews's sharp wit and tongue to put my kid in her place because if she's anything like me and so far 
three years in, it looks like she is me all over again, but like better and cuter and sweeter. I will have to tell her to slow her roll at least once or twice. <laughs> we, once we're set on a principle, it is very hard to stop us. So I hope that I can have Mary's determination and be like, no, I don't fucking think so. Go Mary. Just go Mary. Go Mary. Be a series regular, please. Go, go, go. <laughs> In Betty's room the next day, Betty is wearing some truly tragic acid wash denim pants with suspenders. They're not overalls. Everybody keeps calling them overalls on the internet, but they're not overalls because there is no bib part. Just They're just like A.C. Slater's pants with attached suspenders because, you know, that's a normal thing teenagers wear. It's so ugly. Anyway, Alice comes in to make sure Betty is being safe with Jughead and she has some truth bombs. <laughs> She's, she basically fesses up to banging FP back in the day. And Betty's like, does that mean FP could be Chick's father? And she's like, no, no, no. There's no way FP could be his dad. And, you know, we all call bullshit, but whatever. Alice says that she's not blind to Chick's creep factor, but he's been all alone for the past 25 years. And he needs us. And, okay, so wait, Chick's 25 and our whole gang is like 16. Is Kevin now dating somebody that's like almost 10 years older than him? Shut it down. Not just because Chick's obviously a sociopath, but I will not go down this weird pedophile road again on this show. I, I'll have to stop watching and quit the podcast. Like, it, ugh, we can't go there again. Okay, let's not think about it. In Nana Blossom's hospital room, Cheryl is reading a book that the lighting was too dark for me to make out. Like, I don't know. I I just got new glasses today. I've been wearing my old pair of glasses. Have like the prescription is like five years old. <laughs> so <laughs> my new ones are great. Maybe I could read it now if I tried, but I couldn't read it Wednesday night when I was watching. But anyway, it probably has nothing to do with anything. But Cheryl gets up and she asks the doctor who took care... Oh, it's the doctor who took care of Fred when he was shot. Um, it's the same guy. And she asks him if they've learned anything about Nana's condition. And he tells this minor, this child, everything. As, as if that's something doctors do. He just lays it all out for her. And he tells her that Nana had a paralytic in her system. And then... Um, and Penelope and Claudius, who's definitely Clifford, have told him, like, some bullshit that Nana chews on Tannis roots, so, you know, he, she's old and she forgets, but Cheryl's no, Cheryl knows that Tannis root is what was in the tea. She starts to tell Dr. Masters about her theory when Penelope come, Penelope, when Penelope comes in and drags her off. <sighs> so close. Betty actually tries to bury the hatchet with Chick for Alice's sake. And he scoffs, and then they get into a fight, you know, about that guy that he killed, and then she hid for him, and he's like, remember, I can kill people. And she's like, oh, remember, I can hide a body and nobody can find it, motherfucker. 
<laughs> it's real weird. He screams at her that she's scaring him. You're scaring me, Betty. You're scaring me. And I'm the creepy one. I was actually hired for this role because I'm so creepy. And <laughs> you're scaring me. Ugh. Okay, so then we um we go to the Blossom car and Cheryl tells Penelope that she's figured out her plan and Penelope is just she goes to like full on soap opera mode and she says, You're mad. You're just you're just all mad, but it's okay. We're gonna make it all better. And and at this point I say, No Please tell me we aren't going to lose the radiant sun by the Cheryl Blossom. Oh, another reason why I'll have to stop watching the show and, and turn off the podcast. But, I mean, we don't. I follow all their social medias and I see um, I see Madeline Petch constantly on set. So I don't think she's going anywhere. But anyway, Hiram Loki tells Archie that he wants to kill Jughead. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but he wants a gang led, a gang of boys led by Archie to do it. And Archie's like, I'm not going to do that. That's my best friend. I'm not going to shut him down. But Hiram reminds him that, look, you cut your hand open as an oath. So Archie agrees to go through with it. And it's not to kill Jughead. It's just to, like, cut him loose of his chains. But Hiram really makes it sound like he wants Jughead dead. Just saying. <laughs> so Archie agrees to go through it, through with it, but he hopes that Hiram can prove his loyalty back to Archie by releasing by releasing Fred from all commitments to Lodge Industries. Everything's so tangled up. Um, at the protest site, Pop is handing out is handing protesters coffee and being very sweet. And Sheriff Keller is there saying like cop type things into his cop radio thingy. And then Archie leads a pack of boys all dressed in Riverdale athletic sweats. <laughs> Not choice, but sure. <laughs> he leads them with, with tool things. I don't know what they're called. <laughs> they're like big wrench thingies. I don't know. But anyway, they can apparently cut a chain. They're chain cutters. Okay, that's what I'm going to call them. They walk in with great big chain cutters. <laughs> Archie and Jughead, they both say that they're sorry. And, you know, sorry that it's come to this. But Jughead says, I'm not going to fight with you. I'm not going to fight back. Look around. All these people have their camera phones, including Kevin with his stupid ass Instagram thing. But they all know what Hiram is up to now. So go ahead, Archie cut us down. I want them to see you doing it. So Archie does. And then one by one, the bulldogs cut the serpents off the building. And as Jughead walks past Archie, Archie fucking pushes him. Like, what, what the fuck was that about, Archie? He just told you you're on video and you, you're going to push your best friend I, I just, I have to say it. I don't think they're best friends anymore. I think, I think we're past that. I think they kind of hate each other now. I don't think they're the bros that they used to be when Jughead lived in Archie's bedroom. And then cue the constipated Jughead stare. Oh, that patented stare where he looks like he just really needs to go take a shit. 
Um, after commercial, Betty is rubbing Jughead's shoulders, and he is so cute without his hat, guys. He like I don't I don't know what this says about me and my like weird old lady eyes, but it's like his muscles are bigger when he's not wearing his hat. It's weird. I don't know. And I love the hat. I have one. <laughs> like, I love it. It's so it's so him, but I don't know. He's very, very handsome when he's not wearing it with his jet black hair. <sighs> but Betty's rubbing his shoulders and she assures him that his protest meant something. And Jughead says, I know. That's why I want to run for student body president. And he wants her to be co-president, not vice president, co-president. Very nice. She says yes. And he's like, just like that? Just like that. But then she tells him, you have to let me stay here because I cannot live in that house with the chick anymore. And of course, Jughead says yes to his girlfriend that he's sleeping with. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, no, um, guaranteed sex. You can't stay here. <laughs> but shouldn't someone run this by FP? Like, this isn't just your house anymore, Jughead. His dad is out of prison and I'm not so sure that he wants to endure the wrath that is sure to follow when Alice Cooper's daughter runs away to live in his home. And like, look, I know the previews for next week lead us to believe otherwise that Alice wants her to stay. But we've all seen Alice throw a brick through a window at Hal to get her daughter back. Like a literal brick through a big window to get Polly back. And Polly sucks compared to Betty. So she's going to be pissed. And FP, quite frankly, can't afford those kinds of repairs. Somebody needs to, like, get his approval. At, at the Andrews breakfast table, Mary and Fred are just so happy because Hiram called and he's letting Fred out of the contract. And Archie's just so relieved to know that his boyfriend followed through with his word. Swoon! And then, and then all of my answers have been, all my answers, all of my prayers have been answered because Mary is sticking around. Yes! Love it. So she's going to stay and help Fred run for mayor against the lodges. Double yes. High five myself. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really weird when I'm home alone, guys. I just realized that. I guess I'm super weird all the time, but man, when I'm like let loose to do everything I want. Yikes. Okay, so Tony shows up to Thistle House to visit Cheryl, but oh dear, Penelope has sent her away to boarding school in Switzerland, except she definitely hasn't. She sent her to the Sisters of Quiet Mercy, where they, the worst thing that they do is they have her hair in these stupid pigtails. Like, that is not okay. Cheryl's hair is a miracle. Madeline Petch, I don't know what she does. I don't know, like what kind of vitamins or like egg whites she <laughs> eats to keep her coat so nice and shiny like a golden retriever, but her hair is amazing. It is unnatural to the human world. And these bitches put it in pigtails. <sighs> but anyway, the nun comes in and she says, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a shit ton more than pray the gay away. Okay. Okay. Uh, we're going to torture you. All right. <laughs> See you in the morning. Holy shit. <laughs> we get the, the last title cards. Riverdale. Okay, so let's move on to segments. 
Um, for the most Archie comics moment, I think Veronica in the comics so would have a kissing booth for her student council campaign. That sounds pretty legit. Like, I bet that's actually in a comic somewhere. Um, for the best blossom burn, I mean, not a lot of actual burns here. Unless, you know, you count, like, the poisoning and attempted murder of your mother, Claudius. I'm using big finger quotes there. But I can't think of anything, like, particularly, like, zing, gotcha, from from any of the Blossoms this episode. But I could be wrong. I don't know. I mean, Penelope does call Cheryl crazy a few times, but it wasn't good. Like, it was one, wasn't one of our good ones. Um, and I can't think of anything, like, other than, like, the burn book part. I can't think of anything any of the other characters said. Um, maybe when Jughead saw Archie pull up on his bike and said, <laughs> looks like the Calvary's here. Maybe that. <laughs> maybe that was a good burn. Oh, and as far as most Archie comics moment, I do want to point out something that a listener um, said from last week. Um... Roger, or Roger, I'm really not sure how to pronounce your name, honey, and I'm really sorry. He pointed out to me that the Riverdale 2020 picture that Fred showed us last week um, was a nod to Archie 3000, which was like um, a series that the Archie comics did. And, and I agree. I definitely agree with that. But I also heard the Archie Digest podcast, um, the, the guys that actually like you know, work for Archie Digest. (laughs) They have a podcast for Riverdale. And they mentioned that it wasn't like close enough to be a true nod. Like they wanted it to be a true nod. It looked a little bit more of a nod to the Jetsons than the actual Archie 3000. So that's why I didn't say that last week. Also, because I just didn't know yet. (laughs) But since last week, I have heard about that a couple of times. But I'm going to err on the side of the people who like, work for Archie Comics. Um, But that's everybody make your own conclusions. Um, There is probably something in this episode that was like a direct nod. And I I don't know, I'm going with a kissing group. (laughs) That's that's the one that I can think of. Uh, We'll move on to good, bad, funnies. Uh, Good. I thought this was a great episode. Um, I mean, it definitely had its flaws. But I thought it was all the rest of it was good. I loved Betty's scenes. I loved seeing her come around on Veronica. Loved to see her take Chick on. And I loved her plea to Jughead at the end. Bad. I think I've made myself (laughs) all too clear about the quote unquote celebrity endorsement that this episode saw. Gross. (laughs) That's my bad. Um, Funny. I'm just going to have to say Josie had the burn book after all. Like, not not so much funny, ha-ha, but more like, ha! <laughs> nice! That kind of funny. Um, and, and her and Kevin's reaction to Veronica getting slushy. That was so great. Oh, I laughed for a really long time about that. Okay, so changes. If I was in the writer's room, what changes would I make this week? I'm just going to say the Andy Cohen bullshit again and the Kevin Instagram account nonsense that brings everyone out of the narrative. Like, I know that writers don't get a say in that. It's all network. But if I had any say, I'd be like, we can't do this. 
this needs to be something online, um, you know, a promo that we run during, like in commercials for the CW, not something that we put in the actual show. Like that's, that's not cool. Um, for theories, okay, so either Alice is telling the truth that FP is not Chick's dad so that it won't be weird for Betty and Jughead to share a sibling and we'll learn that, like, tall boy is Chick's dad or something. Or they're going to wait for the season finale to drop the bomb that FP is indeed Chick's dad just to make it weird between Betty and Jughead. <laughs> I don't know. Um... Also, I definitely theorize that Claudius is definitely Clifford. Um, I definitely think that. And I think Cheryl's time at the Sisters of Quiet Mercy will be short-lived. I don't think she's going to stay there for a very long time, but that's that's just what I'm guessing. Um, for Sabrina news, we have so much news. <laughs> Apparently we had some news last week. I just hadn't seen it yet <laughs> before I recorded. Um, but... I definitely triple checked this time before I recorded. So we finally got a Harvey casted while, you know, on this podcast, we've said that we were hoping for a person of color to be cast for Harvey. They didn't. They cast Ross Lynch from Austin and Alley. I'm assuming he was Austin. <laughs> he doesn't look like an Alley. I don't know. And also he was apparently Jeffrey Dahmer in the movie, My Friend Dahmer, that I think I might actually spend the $4 and watch it on Amazon Prime because it's really good. I don't think I'm going to do it today while I'm all alone in this house in the middle of nowhere because that's scary. <laughs> but, um, but I do really want to see it. So that's cool. I guess he's got like the creep factor down. He can be, you know, he can do dark and creepy. So he's not all Disney Channel. That's good to know because Sabrina's supposed to be super dark and creepy. Uh, and filming for Sabrina started on Monday. So, and, and, and that's just... <laughs> That's according to some rando person I saw on Twitter. I don't know how true that is, but um, we Roberto did tweet a picture of like a business card from um, from somebody whose last name is Spellman. So that's cool. Um, but anyway, I can't wait to start seeing like real production stills on social media. I'm super stoked for this show. Um, for Skeet's Dadgram Corner, since we got some good chick slash Kevin action this episode, I'm granting a one-time honorary Dadgram Corner to Hart Denton, who plays Chick, for making a dad joke on Casey Cott's Instagram post. So Casey, who we all know plays Kevin, he posted a picture of himself at this like really rocky beach. Like there's small rocks, big rocks, boulders, medium rocks, just lots of rocks, rocks everywhere you get a rock, you get a rock, you get a rock. There's just rocks everywhere. So Hart Denton commented with, this rocks. Which is <laughs> totally a joke that I would make, but I'm often told that I make dad jokes. So it's pretty corny, but pretty cute too. I, I definitely giggled. It was, he was definitely channeling his inner skeet. So I'm going to give him this one. But I'm, I am going to try to keep it to skeet from from now on. And it is his corner after all. All right, friends. I think that's it for this week. We'll be back next week with a recap of chapter 30, the new Titans. That's exciting. Um, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. That helps other adult Riverdale fans find us and join our safe space where we can talk about all sides of the show. 
If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, you can find me at Sharibi, and that's C-H-E-R-I-E-E-B-E-E. So big C, H-E-R-I-E-E, big (laughs) B-E-E. Or you can find me on Instagram, just lightly stalking the entire cast at Cherie04, and that's C-H-E-R-I-E-E-04. You can always email me at realhousewivesofriverdale at gmail.com. If you, you know, if you think you've got a better blossom burn or an Archie moment, because you have like actual knowledge of the comics, and I'm just going off what I remember from like 25 years ago and what I see on social media, or if you just want to talk about Riverdale, anything Riverdale related, if you want to talk about the cast, if you want to talk about, um, stuff that you see like you've seen on social media that you think is gross or stuff that you've heard through the grapevine or if you i don't know if you found like some good fan fiction i don't know whatever you come across let's talk about it because i love to talk about this show like obviously like to the point where i've set aside at least an hour every week to talk about this stupid show but it, it really is my favorite so um if you've if you've got anything to say and you don't have anybody else to talk about it with hit me up i'm i'm here so until next week hang in there riverdalians we'll make the winter springtime and jingle jangle same time right on to the summer and the